Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is a special episode of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. And at this point, I don't even know if we're going to give it a number or just call it a bonus episode or an extra special episode or something. But whichever way, I am your host, Dan Skull Crusher, and we are at speedmetalcycling.com, as you guys already know. Well, today, I have a very, very, very special guest. And actually, of all the guests that we've had, I think this one's the coolest because it's going to give us an insight on a part of the world of cycling that lately has been a lot in the news, but but it's just amazing general. And to most of us, at least for me, seems like this black box of unknowns. My guest, my guest is uh, Greg Betonte, who is the co-owner of TV Motos International. It's a global TV moto company. They've done, you know, I mean, the motorcycles, obviously. They've done Tour California... Uh, Tour of Qatar, Tour of Poland, Yorkshire, Tour of Britain, a whole bunch of races. Anyway, um, Greg, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. Oh, please. It is my pleasure, actually. Thank you so, 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 so much for doing this uh, with us. Um, before we started recording, you were kind of telling me the story of uh, the Wild West days and how the the company uh, came about. So would you mind telling the listeners what no, you were telling? Because no, it, sounds, it sounds awesome. I mean, super dangerous, but awesome. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, part of, part of us getting together and talking about this is because we have so many fans, like at a, a Take Tour of California, which is coming up in a month and we're already working on it. We will park the motorcycles and try to stage as far away as we can which sometimes isn't possible because so many fans come around and people are great and they want to ask questions and we take pictures on the bikes with the kids and stuff. But in those mornings, it's kind of like everybody lands and has done this so many times that you know your checklist and the, the pilots are working on the bikes and checking tire pressures and fluids and hit lists and this and that. And the shooters are you know, getting the cameras connected and getting the cabling all, all properly worked out so when you roll you roll and there's there's no there's no turning back it's just like if you were on a bicycle in the race you can't you know just whip yeah, back to, to fix stuff so the the days of the wild west i've me i'll go back just a second so my myself and philip bryden own the company together we've both been doing this for over 30 years but in the early days you would in the early days were not that far back that this company and professionalizing this niche industry within production um we only started the company as a whole four years ago and and it just took off you know there was clearly a need um but you would you would arrive in those old days and a producer would hire you you didn't know who the other shooters would be on the show you didn't know who was going to be driving you and in, in many times, uh, a heartbeat in a motorcycle or, you know, somebody from a BMW shop in the town that you happen to be shooting with could ride a wheelie the whole length of the street. And those were the qualifications to be in a, a UCI oh, Peloton. Jesus. Because let me, let me explain. You're, you're a cameraman, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you would be the guy in the back. All right. All right. Yes. Perfect. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so back in the day, it was wild and crazy. And then companies you guys aren't the only company that does this are you no it's it's funny okay. because um the say the the guys the guys that shoot uh the tour so 
most likely our company would never shoot uh, the Tour de France. Um, and there's, there's a patriotism issue that's connected to that. And we're an American company, even though we have, uh, we have a French team with us. We have guys from all over the world that, depending on where we're, we're working, they are part of our crew. Or for California, we'll bring almost everybody in. We have 20 people on that race. So it, uh, it, ends, up, it ends up being, you know, by us creating this entity and I ran bicycle racing teams prior to this mm-hmm. and raced myself. And so I basically took the, took the team and dressed everybody alike and got sponsors with Arai helmets and RST clothing and yeah. made everybody one entity where in the past you would, you know, you have communications in your helmet and you would hear the director yelling at moto two or moto three and there'd be a snicker, on Moto One, you know, oh, those guys are blowing it. But, <laughs> but now it's like if you know, we really turn things around, if somebody blows it, we all blow it. Yeah, so, everybody pays for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by us putting this together, there's there's been really mainly one other company that, uh, you know, we were kind of stupid in the way that we brought this guy in and he was privy to all of our clients and stuff. And he was he was a used uh, car salesman. And so he started his mm-hmm. own thing. <laughs> And, that's uh, the past. That story gets told. That's the way of business. It's yeah. it's flattering because you know he 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 basically followed our exact model, but you know the the proof is in the pudding in the end, and everybody sees it. So yeah, yeah there's there's others that are that are popping up, but you know a good producer is going to is going to vet the team that they hire. You know, through past experiences and references, and and you know what we do. It's not hard to go to YouTube and see what we do, what anybody else does. So well, that, let me ask you that. Let me ask you that. What exactly do you guys supply? What is it exactly that you guys do, let's say, for the Tour of California? What, what are you supplying them? So for California and working in the States, being such a large country, we don't own any motorcycles here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So, so for instance, with uh, Tour of California... I will, or I already have, um, what do I have? Eight uh, BMW GSs, 1200s. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that crazy looking BMW off on road motorcycle. Yeah. And um, the part of, part of the, the issue with these motorcycles is you have to have alternators that are big enough. You have to have water cooled because if you're sitting on a time trial, like in California, we'll be sitting on the side of the road, maybe 15 minutes with the bike idling with both of us on it, ready to go for a time trial with who we're going out with. And mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you don't have a water cooled bike, that thing will sit there and overheat. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's the little, the little, the little pieces of the pie that, you know, we haven't even, let me ask you something. This has nothing to do with cycling. I just thought about the, the idea of a water cooled bike. Does the bike continue to be cooled while it's running or does the, yeah. it's just, it's just so like it, a car. It, yeah, so it, it's always it's it's it never becomes cooled by the air. It's always water. Nope. The uh, it has a radiator, and if you are sitting on you know a July day and it's a hundred degrees outside, the fans will kick on on the radiator. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like cool. a car. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. That not not here nor there. Um, so do you guys? But you said that you don't own any bikes here. So, but you guys do own bikes in Europe, for example. So we have a we have a company that um, is connected with us. It's TV Motos Europe, and mm-hmm. uh, Graham Holmes runs that end of things. And he has um, 
I think he just got delivery of two more of these BMW electric motorcycles that we'll use oh, on uh, oh, cool. triathlons and running races. Um, and then there's also a couple GSs in that fleet as well. And mm-hmm. so, so he's able to move around the European continent with those bikes super easy. Where in the States, for us to have something like I, I, right before California, we have a Red Bull World Run that takes place for us in, in, on this continent in mm-hmm. uh, Florida and California at exactly the same time, 40 locations around the world. And everybody starts and does this run at exactly the same moment. And the last man standing on global time is the winner. So, uh, you know, for us to be taking two bikes and having, you know, uh, somebody we could afford to drive them across the U.S., which is going to be, a, you know, a summer college kid and hope that those bikes get there with, you know. So it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but uh, for back to your question for what are we providing at California? So we will have. And this gets into a little bit of how the structure of this whole thing plays out. So in California and and really in any big stage race, there's going to be what's called world feed. And uh, if you think of the logic of this, say if we're shooting the Olympics, you can't have a team from France, a team from America, you know, a team representing all these broadcasters on the plane. You have have one. You have one shooting the whole thing. And then provides the feed to everybody. Exactly. And that's what's Uh called world feed. Yeah. And where that gets a little tricky is, so for California, there will be 200 countries that will pay for broadcast rights within their country to the the people producing the the overall event or or the the television portion of it. And um, then they, you know, say, let's take Croatia. You may have two guys in a studio watching our world feed picture come through. So if we're out there with three bikes and we're being directed by NBC who wants to see what they want to see, mm-hmm. if there's isolations of Andrew Talansky and Andrew's really right, like last year, Andrew was riding for, uh, for Craddock in that race. So Andrew's yeah. not really the story, but that pins these people in these other countries with talking about Andrew, you know, and though there's not much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyhow, um, so the first out of the out of these bikes we'll have Moto One, Moto Two, and Moto Three. Those are world feed bikes. Even though okay. they're being directed by NBC, they're going to the, they're going to the World Truck and they're also going to NBC. And then with this particular race, NBC has a uh, a reporter bike. So they'll have Steve Perino on the back of a motorcycle with one of our pilots, and then we'll have another Moto team that's there shooting him, talking to directors in the car or occasionally maybe even talking to a rider when things are just lolling along in the middle of the day or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a little bit of a unique thing. Okay. So but basically what you guys then supply is the motorcycles themselves, which you guys mm-hmm. acquire. And then do you guys have drivers on staff or do you, are these yes. freelancer guys? Okay. You guys have the drivers and staff and do you guys also supply then the cameramen? Yes. So, so oh, our company oh, oh, would provide. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I was going to ask you if do, do the camera guys and the and and the pilots know each other, because I mean I'm sure there's a lot of back and forth between those guys, and you know they have to be constant communication. It'd be really weird if I show up with my camera and then I get to the place and the pilot doesn't speak English. I'd be like, oh, dude. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, you're you've you've got a super clear picture on what's going on. So mm-hmm. if you if you go back a few a few minutes here and you look at the Wild West, I would. 
I've shown up on shoots where they've hired the local motorcycle club to provide the motorcycles for the shooters. And this, this one particular one I was shooting for, uh, Shimano, a triathlon in, um, in Las Vegas. And I show up and the grand poobah of the, of this motorcycle club has one of those three wheelers with his big fat wife that rides on the back in this elevated chair and we're we're gonna go shoot a triathlon. That's go, you know eventually it will be going both directions. And so, you know, it it's it was <laughs> such a junk show. Oh my god! It was hard to believe that anybody would do that and put the liability out there. Not just that three wheeler, but just the fact that you would just have a guy with a motorcycle and foot pegs. And so there's things with these bikes that are really involved. In, in in building the proper bike and yeah. you know the rf guys have all their stuff that they have to deal with so we work a lot with uh amp visual tv in in france and those are kind uh-huh. of our connected guys and they're the bikes that they've produced are f- unbelievably fantastic they're the wiring so on these them. are bikes they're bikes that are specifically mm-hmm. custom made oh and, that's and crazy so so you know not to jump around too much but you, you get the picture of what we're doing for California and what we're providing. Yeah. We may go to Poland and we're working with AMP and they'll show up with their motorcycles already rigged and they're the, they're the RF company. So they'll uh-huh. show up with their motorcycles completely rigged, foot platforms, everything. Where uh, For years and years, we would drag around these custom foot platforms because picture this. If you, if you get on the back of a motorcycle and you're going to stand up and you have a 25-pound camera on your shoulder – and you're mm-hmm. going to move around. You're going to make creative shots and tell stories. You're standing on foot pegs. You're, you're a hinge. So anytime that motorcycle even slightly accelerates or decelerates, oh, yeah, exactly. you, you are go, rocking back and forth. You're back and forth. Yeah, no, super so dangerous. Minimum, you have to have I'm, sure your feet, I'm sure your feet would be killing you. I mean, like the, 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 the arch of your foot would probably be dead by the end of the – Yeah. Uh, so – It's nuts. So anyway, the the – you know, each job is a little bit different with the motorcycle preparation, but there has been a standardization to this. And to get back to us having our own pilots, and when I say pilot, that's the motorcycle driver. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's the lingo. Pilots and our own shooters. And take, take for instance, um, the guy that I ride with, Billy Diaz. He has been doing this as long as I have, and he and I have been riding together for a couple decades. And I can say we're well, there was a moment last year with Sagan on a breakaway in California and we are, we're with, we're with him and he comes right over on us and I've got the camera down low and I'm looking right up under his handlebars, getting the reflection out of his glasses. And at that point, I don't know for, for one reason or another, I don't speak to the pilot so much. I will just use my elbow on the back of the camera to, you know, if I bump Billy a little bit with my elbow, he knows go a little faster if I'm just doing nothing, he knows everything's cool. If I have to speak, I will. But typically when the writer's right there, I don't ever say anything because a lot of times the writers think you're talking to them. To them. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, the center, that was a big part of the company was the, the synergy of the writer and the pilot. And, you know, occasionally we'll have different pilots and different cameramen together, but everybody knows each other. And when you, when you break down our hiring procedure a big part of it and all this has come from so many years of doing this a big part of it is equally you need to have somebody say if we're, if we're going to speak about a pilot um you need to have a pilot 
that much like a bike racer or a motorcycle racer mm-hmm. can make those split second decisions before they're even thinking about what they're doing. Yeah, of course, of course. And and then you have to be able to travel with these guys because you're kind of going on a vacation together. You know, you arrive in some country you've never been in. Someone picks you up. They take you to your the best roads they have. Everything's closed. It's it's an unbelievable situation. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're if you have a jackass in on your crew, you have a jackass in in the mix twenty four seven for two weeks. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, so, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we all have. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it works really well. And it's funny because some of the people from ASO have even made mention to us. Um, and I think this is, is kind of juxtaposed against um, what they've seen other crews and how these guys work with each other, but how we all have each other's back, you know, because yeah, yeah. a cameraman is a cameraman. There, there's no cameraman on our staff who wouldn't dive in and help with a motorcycle, you know, and vice versa. No, nobody yeah. plays that game at all. So it's it's a it's a great staff, and I I would go to dinner with anybody on on our on our team at a heartbeat, and and not have you know have any uncomfortable meal or travel with you know. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, let me ask you this: um, do do the do the pilots then get any special training from you once you hire them, or do they pretty much come? like ready to go? Do you need any certification or anything? Well, that's, that's something that's uh, a little bit changing um, with the UCI being involved, but typically uh-huh. for us, so on these tours, you would have, um, you know, marshals that are on motorcycles and you have uh, like kind of the next level or the guys who are driving the uh, photographers and uh-huh. and then you kind of get into the TV end of things, and then you also have officials on motorcycles. So you 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 tend to get to know a lot of these people, and those groups of people exist in uh, all these different countries, different different groups of people. Yeah, different groups. The same thing. So you know the as things evolve, it's it's just an evolution. The pilots know other pilots, and you know, of course, I get a million people trying to get on staff and, and they come in with the idea of, you know, I, I win all the local races at the GP course. And it's like, that's great. But what you really need to have is the idea that, yeah, I can do that, but I'm not here to show anybody that I can do that. It's the back way down because we're most successful when our work is never noticed by the viewer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, you know, which, which then leads you know, a producer to think everybody can do this because it's seamless, but then you only realize later it's, Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the controversy and all the stuff that has been happening. I mean, not lately. I know that there's been, you know, issues with cars and motos during races for as long as cycling mm-hmm. has been around, but it seems like lately, um, there's, there's a lot, there's been a lot more of that. Let me ask you this question, because this is the one that I always wonder. Why are there so many bikes out there? I know, I mean, not bicycles, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, there has to be, you know, TV, and then a photographer, too, and then a commissaire, right? That's four bikes per group, let's say, right? One for the breakaway, one for the... What are the rest of the motorcycles doing? I know that the cars have, like, the VIPs and whatever, and that's a whole nother... It's, bag of chicken, but it's it's kind of a 
it's kind of a crazy thing when you look at a, a, a tour and that is you've got all those cars and you've got all the motorcycles and you have a lot of these motorcycles that are constantly leapfrogging. So there is a protocol. So I'm always on Moto One. And for us, we're, we're with the brake or we're with the front of the Peloton. But there, you know, it's always going to be some kind of brake. So, mm-hmm. so, so we're out there and we have a position that we're supposed to be in. The other bike that's out there with us is generally a neutral support bike, whether it's Mavic or Shimano or SRAM or oh, whoever. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, they, they specifically have a position on the road that they're supposed to be in and maintain. And then we kind of buzz around like a, like a fly, but, you know, on printed material, yes, we're supposed to be in, in, in the left gutter. And, you know, we work with the commissaires and usually have Calm 2 that's up there with the brake. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're cognizant of the wind direction. We're cognizant of the line of sight for the calm. Of and, course. Uh, but, well, not of course, because <laughs> I've seen plenty out there that just, you know, again. Get right in front of the. But then you're talking about four bikes here, right? The commissaire, you, uh, neutral service, and no, well, I think that's. Not, not, not necessarily, because a lot of times the calm uh, the calm is in a car mostly there, oh, yeah. there may be a referee or an official, but there's timing board people. There's, uh, you know, there's an official on a motorcycle that is kind of like the, the, um, the little bird that the calm sends out. So mm-hmm. if they want us to stay away further away or, or this or that, or they, they want to tell the riders that the brake is at this cause the timing board stuck back behind the Peloton. So, you know, there's this centralized, um, communications that's that's going on throughout, and and there's a bunch of different channels, and so calm, we don't we don't monitor calm. We monitor the pilot will monitor uh, the race tour, race radio, radio. and uh, then we'll have director in our ear, and if there's technical issues, we'll have technical in our ear, and then we talk to each other. So there's quite a lot going on, but um, as you as you work your way back, you'll have these motorcycles that are buzzing through constantly. And, yeah. and what those guys are doing is, you know, there may be cops or on motorcycles, um, oh. and then you have marshals on motorcycles. And so these people are leapfrogging this rolling envelope of rolling closures because what people don't understand fan-wise is you don't take 110 miles and close the roads. It's a rolling closure. So maybe five miles before the tour gets there or, or 10 miles in California would be the CHP would be out there ahead and you know pushing pushing people off the road making sure you know if cars need to be towed there's tow trucks out there um so all this is happening way out front and then we arrive 15 minutes later or what have you and then the same thing happens in the back so a tricky thing for the organizers and i've seen this in tour of georgia years ago there was one day when there was a there was a bit of a protest in the peloton i don't recall what it was about but the brake, they let the brake get like 25 minutes out. And all of a sudden what that does is that puts the CHP on the, on the tail end on, on overtime. And all these costs are incurred that, that they, don't, they don't realize. But when you get back to these accidents and stuff, from my professional opinion, I think what's happening is there has not been really any kind of gatekeeping. I've seen it 
a hundred times. What do you mean by gatekeeping, though? Someone, so so like some sort of like um, uh, training requirements, training like, qualifications of yeah. who, you know. You see all kinds of people in the pro peloton who have no business being there. I've I've ridden with guys back in the Renegade days who don't even know anything about a bicycle race, and only to realize I'm out there with a with a guy who was a he was a motorcycle cop in Denver on uh, the the Colorado race, and uh, he he could hardly ride his motorcycle, and oh, it was crazy. But how does this person end up getting in there? And the, and the way he ends up getting in there is by knowing somebody who's already there, and then being allowed in. So. What's happening now with the UCI and because of all these accidents and ridiculous stuff that's happened and, and I would I would I would argue the point that almost every one of those that I've seen or know about have taken place by somebody who is not qualified to be there. And yeah. it's kind of a tricky tricky deal, Daniel, because how do you learn to shoot live television? You go shoot, you go shoot live television. Yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of our pilots have come from those, those uh, you know, renegade days or the early, the early days of learning on, on your motorcycle. And now that this is professionalized and it's a, just a turnkey purchase for a moto team to come in and do this thing on a professional level, yeah. um, it, it's a little bit different in hiring somebody. So for, for us to bring people in, we would first start them on a running race in the in the easiest position there is and then yeah. move them up through triathlon and then even from triathlon it still is a jump to to a uci pro race and knowing how to get through the peloton and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course but at the, at the moment there's no kind of like certification that you know like every well, motor that i see on tv the driver pilot is certified to be there that's not the case right now but what's happening is with 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 what has really hit the hit the media from about the point where the the media car <clears throat> hit the rider at the uh, Tour de France and sent him into the fence from that mm -hmm. point forward there was focus on this and then i you know it's a tricky deal because i don't know if that many more events took place or that much more coverage of those type of events because a lot of stuff happens out there that never makes air never makes publication yeah, yeah. and um So maybe maybe there's a, a little bit of both. Maybe there's been more incidents and there's been more reporting. But that's good that that's that that's coming to light because I mean I'll talk to a lot of the pro riders I know and tell them it's like look you guys you guys don't really know who's on these motorcycles next to you so you know be, be aware <laughs> yeah and um, <clears throat> it, could be, so, it could be some cop from Denver that has no idea how to ride his motorcycle. It could very well be, or it could be that guy that can, you know, do a backflip on a motorcycle on a ramp. But what the hell is he doing next to, <laughs> you know, million dollar athletes? So you yeah, need yeah. To take this, you need to take this job really seriously. Of course, of ramifications. And and part of that deal with having the the proper pilots is you have to have somebody who doesn't overact. And and here's a, a perfect case example that I've used before. So. Billy driving me in, I don't even remember what tour it was, and we are next to the Peloton as the Peloton starts to squeeze over on us in a left turn. We're in the left gutter. And it's fine. They come over on us, and Cavendish comes right over, and he hits me, and he lays in my lap. And so he's on his bike, 
and it's all fine. It's just like holding onto a window of a car while you're getting pulled up a hill or something. So it means <laughs> oh, over. Yeah, no big deal. Billy, Billy sees him in his mirror. Billy doesn't flinch a bit. He doesn't gas it. He doesn't hit the brake. Nothing. And we have riders that crowd in front of us and behind us. And Cavendish, you know, being a, a little bit of a cocky guy anyway, he's not concerned. So he's just hanging on. He's just getting a little free ride. And we go through the whole turn. And as the, the whole thing exhales and the riders move out to this, it's a windy mountain road. They move out for the right-hand turn. He pushes off and Billy doesn't move, move a bit. And I'm sitting there with the camera, you know, over on the left side to keep it away and all's good. But if you have, if you have somebody who, who freaks out on that and hits their brakes or gases it, then, then you have this big catastrophe. And so you know, back to back to the question of why so many out there. Yeah, there there really isn't. I don't think there's. I, I don't think there's really room to go. Okay, we need to clear a bunch of these people out. But I think there's completely room for what the UCI is doing right now. That says, okay, we need to at least have a sit down. And so what they're doing is so for all of our pilots we have a lot of our pilots already have uci licenses and stuff or or global motorcycle licenses which is is outside of cycling um but there will be a sit down classroom and i think i think though i have not attended one and i I haven't talked to anybody who has i think what's probably going to happen is it's going to be you know a good primer you need to stay this far away you need to you need to do this and i I've heard there's going to be a few things that will affect television coverage that you can't go. This this is where it's a bummer for us because some of these inept people that are out there, like tour of Utah last year, there was a motorcycle crash and the guy should never have been where he was. He was on the inside of a turn on a mountain climb that you're not going to get any good shot there. And he ends up dumping the motorcycle right there and affecting the race. The race, yeah. So, um, because of those type scenarios, it's, it's putting a little bit of a handcuff on what we're able to do and the shots we're able to get that make the storytelling that much better for the viewer. So yes, we'll see how enforced, how enforced they are about things. Cause a lot of times you'll get in there and you'll have comms that, you know, that you've never met before and they see that you guys have it together and they see that you're addressing the wind and, and certain times of the race where you are nowhere even near a position to be affecting the race. And they see you making these obvious moves with the motorcycle positioning to mm-hmm. accommodate for, you know, we're, we're in the last 5K. We, we need to be super on it at the hardest part of the day when you're as tired as you get. Yes. And, yes, yes, yes. So, and, uh, actually, hold on. Uh, to 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 just to clarify, uh, when you say calm, you mean commissaires, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but so, anyway, so those oh, bikes, go ahead, go ahead. those bikes that are coming through, those guys are leapfrogging. They're blocking driveways. They're they're corralling the loose dog. They're doing that stuff. So we're always going to have those people going through. But those people need to know how to push through a peloton to do it safely. And and the riders need to know this is a necessary part of the race, and and give them give them the room to go through. And you know, a lot of times those back the comms back there will say, "Look, you guys go through," because for us we can kind of go wherever we want, and we do it with courtesy and respect for the comms. But for everybody else that is that is going through, they need to stop at the comm car, make eye contact, and that guy will say, "Go through now or don't go through." 
you know, if things are happening, they'll, they'll hold the, those motorcycles back. And those could be photo motos, marshals, motorcycle cops, whatever. And then they, they should be pushing through all together and, and just make one passage and then, you know, everything goes, goes back on. So hopefully these, these sit downs will not just be a, if you are this close, you're out of the race. And I mean, in Britain, when we shoot tour Britain, it's like they, they're just chomping at the bit to throw TV motos off the race and make a statement. I've never seen anything like it. It was the craziest introduction. I've never have seen anything like that, but you know, it, it, it's cycling. It, it can be, we'll see, well, we'll just see how it goes. I, hopefully it's a good positive thing for everybody involved and hopefully it doesn't hamstring us too much for, you know, getting the story told. I can't hear you, Daniel. Can you hear me now? I got you now. I pulled, <laughs> I pulled the mic sprigs and <laughs> I stayed on uh, on mute. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, what is the easiest? Like, I'm asking some like personal questions, but not like personal, personal. Like, I got you. your wife's name, but yeah. Um, what is the easiest race? that you've raced and not as the owner, not as the logistics person, the business stuff. But I mean, like ask just the guy on the bike, what are the easiest races and the hardest races? Um, easiest races. Wow. That's, <laughs> I've never thought, I've never thought about it in those terms. Um, I can tell you the hardest races have been, um, California, back when we were doing it in February in torrential rains, like torrential rains, <laughs> the, you know, that's uncomfortable and you find yourself in tiptoe positions, you know, going down hills and stuff. Um, but some of the, some of the, the hardest races also are these, these American races with the super, super steep descents and, you know, going back to equipment days in the in the Wild West era, we would have motorcycles that would come from an RF company in the states that would be pulled out, and the tires are so old they're they're like plastic oh. instead of rubber. Nobody's maintaining the bikes. We would go down hills in front of the peloton, and I'd hear Billy say, "I've got no brakes," <laughs> and not just once. I've got no brakes. I was like, "Okay, well, run with it," you know, <laughs> and just trying to stay out front, you know, because. It's funny because the protocol on the motorcycle goes, the cameraman directs the motorcycle and the, the moto pilot is basically a camera dolly. When the shit hits the fan, all that pilot has to say is, hang on. Well, at least that's what Billy says to me. <laughs> so hang on, which there doesn't mean anything because you don't have anything to hang on, you to. Don't have anything to, hang on and, to. You know, so you just suck up like your, your best buddies and get low and you ride the motorcycle with him. And, and that's usually us trying to get away from, you know, you might have ample. So it's really hard for the pilots because they're riding in their mirrors. They need to be able to judge the distance and their, that padding. So it's like their headroom of how far away we are in front of them. And, and I can still get a good shot without it being really rough. And what's coming up on the road ahead? Because if we've got, say, 
hundred, say we have 50 meters between us and them. That's, that's a good pad for a downhill, but the bikes can late break into the turns. They can't accelerate faster than us out, but they can go through the turns faster than us with all that equipment, two guys on these bikes. Yeah. We'll be hitting metal on the ground, you know, underneath the motorcycle going through the turns, you know, all the way through the train. If we are met with two more quick turns, we've eaten up our headroom. Now we're in trouble. So, so he needs to be aware while he's driving of his motorcycle line, what's coming up and how much padding he has. And, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll get it really tight, but on the same hand, a lot of these guys, like you'll have some of the nouveau guys, or you'll have some teams from like a domestic team that gets a wild card in and they won't know who you are from anybody else where, where most of the, the world pro guys have seen you before or personally know you or whatever. Yeah. And don't worry about it. You know, they'll even mess with you and, you know, get, get right on there and lean on you in turns and stuff, you know, which is all cool. It just, you know, guys goofing, but yeah. for the most part, we just want to stay out of the story. You don't want to have anybody because, you know, a lot of times you'll even have directors back there that aren't behind the break, but are even, you know, back in the, in the chase group and they're radioing tour saying the motorcycle's too close. And it's like, come on, dude, you're, you're a K away. You can't tell if we're too close or what we're doing. And so they'll play any trick in the book, you know, cycling. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, what about what about working? I know that you guys do races in Europe, obviously, but you also do races in Asia and stuff. Is it is it different over? I mean, I, I don't know totally exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, I'm sure. Like, uh, you guys do Taiwan, right? Yeah, we just finished Taiwan. Yeah. last so, last Friday. I, I mean, that's obviously that means a lot smaller teams and the local organizations i'm sure are not really as knowledgeable as if you do california which has happened a million times so how how is how is that different how is asia different so so if you take tour of taiwan this year or, or really any other year we've done it a few times but um so philip and billy went on the on this one and then the other two bikes were taiwanese crew on on two scooters so so for scooters, billy <laughs> yeah, and so so Billy arrives with with Philip and you know Billy's pilot. They get on the bike, and apparently the um, the brakes are connected. So when you pull a brake, you get front braking and rear braking and on this, rear on this oh. Kawasaki. Yeah, I know. How about that for trying to work a work a bike? <laughs> um, so you'll have little things like that you have to overcome. You know, Philip has to travel with foot plates that are going to fit that bike, and you know, so he's not on pegs and yeah. You know, you don't have a mast on that one because it's not a so you, you know the pole in the back. You, yeah. Because it's not a live uh, a live feed, they're doing highlight show that's being edited after the fact. Um, mm -hmm. So without that mast, that's that's a tricky thing because you get so used you, to you lean grab, you lean against the pole, right? You like, know what? That's your like if if something happens and and a pilot gasses it with which Billy, I can ever remember this happening, but I've been on with pilots where it's like, the, Oh, oh my God, I got to get away, you know, and, and they'll, they'll crack the throttle. You can just fall back into that mass. It's no yeah. big deal. But when that thing is not there, it's like you're naked on the bike because you know, you, you have to be leaning forward to take those accelerations if they come. And when you mm -hmm. stand up, you can't, especially if you're shooting off the left side of the bike, you know, you take your left arm and you pull yourself and get into this wrapped up position standing 
or you'll use it with your elbow when you're, you know, we always sit facing forward. That's, that's kind of the joke. If you want to, you know, you ever want to see a moto team with a guy sitting backwards, that's, that's as amateur as it gets. So, so, so so wait a second, the camera guy is facing forward. So you have Billy's back in front of you. Yeah. And then you just twist around. Mm -hmm. You typically put the bike in the left gutter. Um, We never let, never let riders come through us on the left side. We protect Mm -hmm. that side that you force them around on the right side. Um, And it's dangerous for the rider because the pilot eliminates that left side mirror by riding in the left gutter. And that's really where we're supposed to be. If you had a schematic of things, so um, you, you sit, you sit in a twisted fashion and my, my body is even kind of accustomed to this. I'm sitting on a chair in my kitchen right now doing this and you get in this twisted, this twisted position and you just hunker down and you know, you're shooting the whole day like watching your television on its side because you never get to, unless you're standing up, but you know, you want to be shooting down at eye level with the riders for the best shots, but you're looking at the viewfinder and I'm watching the whole race, uh, sideways. (laughs) That's great. And, and, and with a focus on keeping horizon perfect, that's, that's really, you know, I've, I've dice. I've spent far too much time in this stupid business <laughs> dissecting every little bit of it. But yeah, so you face forward and you twist up. And the obvious thing for those who've never done it or don't know anything about it is to sit backwards, which is mm-hmm. that is such a nightmare. I can't imagine with the type of riding we do with the pilots and the getaway speeds and stuff to be doing that sitting backwards is just crazy. Okay, let me ask you some uh, some more frivolous questions, more like cycling, cycling. You you kind of alluded to that that you know some of the some of the guys, some of the pros personally, and a lot of them just know you from like oh, I've seen this guy in a, a million races. How much gossip do you do you are you privy to? I mean, obviously, that most of the times that they see you, you guys are writing and they're writing, so there's no chit chat, but hotel room stuff and all that stuff. I mean, you're part of the caravan every day. I'm sure you have to hear all kinds of gossip. You know, you, it's funny that way because, um, like, like Talansky and I are, are good friends. I was in his wedding and, you know, we, we sat and watched the Lance Oprah thing together and, you know, it's, (laughs) that's how you measure a true friend. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and, 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 you know, it's not so much, that there's that there's a lot of gossip. I think a lot of guys frustrate each other. Um, it's funny because I follow Supercross and I know I know a lot of what goes on there, and it seems like that group of guys is way more chicken shitty than the the group in in the cycling. But you know, one there was one day on Tour of California a few years ago. And Bob Roll and I were there in the morning, and it was when Floyd was was getting shut out by uh, Johan and Lance for getting back on that team. So Floyd had finally hit the wall where there is no team he's going to be riding for, and the ouch thing ends and stuff. And so he was he was he wrote that email to uh, I think it went to Taggart um, at at uh, at USADA. Yeah, I went to anyway. It was all out in the open, and it was—I think it was on a Wednesday. And so we went over, and 
you know, I, I know Floyd only from the racing and stuff and, you know, have sat down and, and talked to him plenty and, and he's, he's a freaking great guy. You know, he's gotten caught up in this mess and it's, it's kind of a bummer to see, but we went over there and we stood outside the truck and we waited for Lance to come out and he was supposed to address our camera. We were an NBC camera and Bob was going to ask him questions and we were the only ones there waiting for the, the whole thing to come out and then readdress this stuff. And, uh, the, it took about half an hour before it really took place and world media flooded in and you look back behind you and it's like, I've never been in a news position. I don't shoot news. And, uh, then to sit there and, and listen to those guys talk about Floyd the way they did, you know, knowing what it was like five years earlier with, with Floyd in there and stuff. And I don't know, man, it, you know, it's like anything people talk, but, I think I think fans see as much as we do as far as that dirty laundry stuff goes, yeah, yeah. just with YouTube clips and and such. You know, you you unfortunately are privy to some of the some of the real bummer stuff that happens out there on the road with you know guys going down or things that don't make air or don't matter to the outcome of the race. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's a hard sport, and there's no protection. You know, you ride a bike, yeah. you put on, yeah. put on your pajamas and go out there with the cars and every day you ride, you hit 50. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> um, what's the funniest thing that you've seen in a race on or off the bike? You know, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, so Ivan Dominguez, who is always, always a, a goofball and would, would mess with us and stick stuff on the back of the motorcycle or whatever, we're we're riding with him. On the Wait, what what kind of stuff? Did oh, he put like, like a little sign, or you know, just just more the tomfoolery stuff. And he, he's just a really good guy. You know, he's just generally a really good guy. But we're 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 at uh, so what was it? Tour of Georgia, and um, I think it was Tour of Georgia. No, Tour of Missouri. Tour of Missouri. And we're in, we're in downtown St. Louis and we're doing the final day circuit circuit race. And the whole thing's kind of keeping together and it's surging a bit here and there. And he, he's, he's next to us. And he's like, Oh my God, man, do you see, you see how bad these guys ride? And right as he's saying that this guy slips a pedal next to him and goes down, you know? <laughs> and you know, it's just like, it's just like when you're racing, that stuff happens next to you and then it's behind you, you know? And all you hear is the scratching, but you know, there's, and, and to tell you the truth, that you see some equipment things out there too that are are not funny but tragic. You know, kind of like like Schleck's deal losing the tour by exactly the amount of time his chain suck took. You know, yeah. you see guys in brakes. You know, click click click, and you know I won't get into names of of companies of the yeah, offenders, yeah. but um, boom, they're out of the brake. And and you know, so so there's. There's there's just these little there's little funny things that happen. I remember. One let me time. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about uh, Ivan Dominguez. How how was his Spanish? I mean, his English. His <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. If, if people don't know, Ivan Dominguez was a sprinter, this domestic guy. Uh, he's missile. Cuban, Cuban, Cuban missile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wrote here in the U.S. Uh, for oh God forever. It seems like. Um, no, that's awesome. All right. Tell me more stories. Tell me more stories. Uh, you know, I was going to tell you one that's really kind of a, kind of a, a, a bummer, but, um, oh, no. we were, we were coming into, um, uh, maybe Rome, Georgia. And, uh, 
we're we're sitting we're sitting with Peloton, so we're, we're you know maybe have like uh, I don't know twenty twenty riders in front of us, and you know forty next to us and behind us, and we're in the left side, and we're going through one of the neighborhoods, and Billy says crash crash crash, you know, and and I, I look forward to find it, and you can see the the group splitting apart, right as we get next to it, it's a puppy. That's out in the middle of the group. Oh, no. And it, so it's somebody on the side of the road who, you know, doesn't yeah. really get what's happening in their neighborhood as this whole circus comes to town. And the puppy's out there and the puppy's screaming. And I, you know, I'm kind of looking back. I'm a super dog lover. And I look back and all I can see are all the headlights of 100 vehicles coming behind. And there's no chance for the people to run out and grab it. So, you know, it's just the weirdest stuff will happen at the strangest times. You know, our our group were really lucky. We have never put a motorcycle down. We've never taken a rider out, and that's a knock on wood. To, no, knock on wood. But you know, it, it is a testament to the experience and the the level these guys arrive with, and the and the ownership they take with with their profession. It it is good, and um. But, you know, that said, things things happen out there. And, like, we were in the Finnish circuits in, I think it was Pasadena years ago. And I'm riding with another pilot, and he says, the banner's down, the banner's down. And I'm we're in the front, you know, Moto 1, and I'm looking back, and I'm all twisted up, so I can't really break free to look forward. And he's yelling, the banner's down, the banner's down. And I'm thinking, what the hell does it matter if a banner's down? But what he was talking about was the 1K kite had collapsed. Collapsed, and yeah. And <laughs> in the road, and they're not getting it up. And we're, you know, we're racing, and Hincapie's on the front driving it for those guys. And all of a sudden, it all just comes screeching to a stop. And uh, the thing is, it was still inflated enough to block the road. It was just like a big strainer, you know. And uh, <laughs> then there are people run out, and they're holding it up, and riders are sneaking underneath, and one of the – one of the bikes tries to go underneath and it catches the mast and the bike goes. So it's just like, and none of that stuff makes air, you know, we're shooting the whole thing, but you know, it goes back to the truck and none of it makes air, but you know, you, you just, you run across the weirdest things. You're shooting Iron Man. And I had lead woman that, Oh, this is 20 years ago. I had lead woman and she's standing up. And of course her bathing suit is all off to one side while she's standing there. And it's like, (laughs) God, we're sending these pictures back to the truck and I can, I can hear the truck erupting, you know? So (laughs) there's, there's funny stuff that maybe is more just funny to us than, than the viewers, but there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes and, you know, some of the chaotic, uh, events of a screaming, freaking out director. And you're hearing this stuff in your ears of what's going on in the truck, but yeah, it's, in general, man, it's it's a it's a great gig, and I'm not super wired for sitting still in a in a building. You know, this is the perfect deal for me, and you know, I get well, paid to do it. A, let me put in an application. Uh, I've never ridden a motorcycle. I've never been on a motorcycle, but I want to do what you do. You've never you've never been on a motorcycle in your life. Mm-mm, never have. Uh, never. You know, it's yeah, uh, never. I out, don't know. Out on the open road, never really interested me. It's not like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing that for a long time in the States, we would ride the race and then either both of us, you know, as and with the other motos would all drive to the, you know, some of these transfers between stages are, you know, 200 miles sometimes on tour of California. 
and and they'd they'd put the motorcycles out on the road, and they, these guys would ride them on open roads all the way to the next venue. And we're lucky enough. I think the only thing that ever really happened was a flat tire on one of them or something. But you have all that equipment on those motorcycles, and then they're parked outside the hotel room. You know, <laughs> so so since we Chilling. we started doing this deal, you know, it's, there's been a demand to have these motorcycles transferred in a truck, and and then they're secured for the night. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, in, in the, the lifespan I've had in this portion of production, I've seen so much change and, and, and not to really slap ourselves on the back cause it was obvious change that was needed. You know, we were instrumental in supporting a lot of this change or implementing a lot of this change. Cause when we started this thing, it was already in motion well, or you know back in the in the the old days it was already in motion and these these ways about doing things were just how they were when we arrived on on motorcycles for the first time to shoot and when Philip and I sat down at the beginning of it it's like okay let's just let's just strip this whole thing down to nothing and rebuild it and one of the things we did is there used to be, and, and they still do this at the tour and stuff, and, and I don't think anybody's ever questioned why, but these 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 positions would change each day. Moto 1 would go back to Moto 3 or Moto 4, depending on how many, and the bikes would move forward. And so you'd have a different guy on the front each time. And we used to have pilots that would complain about being on the front because it's a harder position for the pilots because they're having to ride in their mirrors. You're not behind the riders a ton you know, they're having to watch to make sure nothing's approaching. So you would have some of the whiny pilots of old that would, that would always want to, you know, have a day off and be back. And it's like a day off or shooting two hours live, you know, how, how hard is this? <laughs> you know, your back burns for a bit and, and then you're done. So we, we are one of the things that we, we strip things down and we, we dressed everybody alike Nobody has even a sticker on their helmet versus how the logoing is. Everything is exactly the same. This is a team. Yeah. And again, if one fails, we all do. It just looks professional. It yeah, totally yeah. looks professional, and it should. And then we we solidified positions. So I'm typically uh, Moto 1. Phillip's typically Moto 2. And then usually our French team, if it's just our standard stack up, our French team will be Moto 3. And each one of those positions – you know, Moto three, those guys are those guys are telling the story of you know in a stage race you've got a yellow jersey. If the yellow jersey has a problem, they're staying with that yellow jersey. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're on top of that. They're shooting wheel changes. They're shooting some of the conversations with the cars. Or you know, maybe you might have a cocky yellow jersey wearer who goes back and loads his jersey up with with water bottles and rides them up to his team. You know, you see yeah. this stuff, and that's <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, of course. that's a particular story. And, and crashes, it crashes. I mean, if they're Absolutely. back there. Yes, Everybody so else is true. way past that. So yeah, wow. and uh, then 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 on Moto Two, you're doing all the you know you're doing all the jerseys, you're doing all those really tight shots of the heroes, and allowing you know the dead the dead air time in a race for these the the announcers to talk about those guys and give stats or predict the future of the outcome of yeah, the race yeah. or whatever, and then you have Moto One you know, doing, doing what they do, which is obvious. And they're, you know, moving around and they're IDing all these guys and doing creative shots. It's, it's 
it's a little bummer for the guy who's got passion for the sport because the creative shots happen on Moto One because you have a smaller group to work with. Moto yeah. Two, you do get that stuff too, and you get a lot of excitement. But every each one of those positions has its own excitement, but it's specific to, you know, you have some guy who's really good at getting all twisted up on the motorcycle, holding holding the frame, shooting everything, you know, and you take a guy who's used to standing up and, and primarily his moto shooting career has been standing up, shooting over top of the pilot. You put him on moto one, you're going to have a yeah, whole different, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, you know, yeah, we, it's something we just, that people, it's, it's something that people don't think about how, how different, I mean, how exactly how is shot, yeah. how things are shot differently. I, I never really thought that, that they would be, shot differently between Moto1 and Moto2. I actually thought that maybe the, the guys, like the motorcycles themselves during the race would actually switch places if, if needed or whatever. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, funny, it's funny that you say that because when, when we would be thrown together with various shooters and various pilots and stuff, not only did you lose the synergy on the bike, but you would lose the synergy of the team. And that is, say, Brasstown Bald, which was a, a mountaintop finish in Tour of Georgia, which was always a big pinnacle race. And so, so steep that the bikes would overheat. And in some cases, guys would have to park the motorcycles because they're just smoking. You're sitting on this thing and you, you're just like, where are the flames? Where's this coming from? You know. <laughs> and, and all those motorcycles going up the hills, all you smell are clutches. And uh, it's, it's miserable for the riders, but this doesn't come across on TV. But... Um, the synergy between the team is so you're the whole thing's going to change on that one stage and it's going to change on the hill of that stage. And so you're monitoring what's going on with Moto 2. So I'm on Moto 1, I'm monitoring what's going on on Moto 2. And I need to make sure to tell this story. I get this shot where I'm watching, you know, Levi climbing up the hill here, and you've got a Colombian climber who's coming up from the back and, you know, he's not going to arrive there in 30 seconds. He's going to arrive there in four minutes. And so there's four minutes of this drama playing out. And then there's this seamless time of, you know, Philip on Moto2 passing, passing the new guy who's going to, who's going to win the climb up. And you get that moment of that handoff and that needs to be seamless, almost like you're editing it on the road. Actually, that, that, that leads me to a question. This is probably, uh, we only have time for maybe one more question. You don't have a director in your ear telling you guys at what point somebody's coming up, uh, like the, the, well, actually you guys have the, 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 uh, gaps because of, uh, race radio, but you guys don't have a director telling you, cause I mean, I've done television for, sports television before and there's always the director going like all right camera one i need this i need that you guys don't have that do you well it, you know it depends from race to race what you have and the director of tour of california and the director of utah when we were doing utah were fantastic take take for example because it's a two-way street these guys see what they see in the truck and you've been in trucks there's you know all these yeah for the fans, there's just all these video screens and they're labeled, you know, Moto One, Moto Two, you know, <laughs> the hard the hard cameras. It can either be it can either be the most exciting place in the world or the most boring place in the world. Or or the or the place you most want to get out of there because it's, it's yeah. boiling hot. <laughs> you know, exactly. what's going on. So exactly. so you know, he's seeing what he's seeing, but he's seeing isolated versions of what the cameras are showing him. So a lot of times he'll say He'll say, no, 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 you got to, you got to get here. You got to get there. And we won't move. And 
after years of relationships with some of these directors, they start to realize if, if that oh, guy's not moving and I it's know because. You, yeah, he's got something developing or happening and, and it'll be fine. Um, you know, but then you also get directors that come from whatever company that that's, that's basically doing, you know, got the rights and doing the feed that will come from volleyball or basketball or golf <laughs> and, and, you know, shoot, show me the guy winning. And it's like, nobody's winning right now. This, the guys on the front aren't even going to be at the finish. I'm showing you the guy who most likely has a chance of winning and giving the rest of the world something to talk about, you know, but you can't, we can talk back to truck, but we're, we're which is where the director is. Yeah. But to get to a button to do so, typically we don't even want to. We just say, you talk to us, we'll, we'll do, we'll do our what best. you want. If we don't do what you want, then you'll see there's, there's a reason why. And, and lots of times they can't see, you know, you could be tangled up with a cable or you could have a calm yeah. right out of frame yelling at you to do something. And he's saying, get in tighter. It's like, no, this guy, right, you know, and I can't move the camera over there because I'm on air, you know, so... It all works oh, somehow, Daniel. In the end, it all works. It all works out, and then we get to sit there and watch and yell at the TV. I yell quite often, hardly ever at the production, just usually at the writers. But once in a while, I'm like, "What the fuck? There's two yep. guys in between. I want to fucking see them." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the tour of Britain, where you went to, you saw the KOM, and you came back from commercial break, and you saw a KOM again. And everybody's going, what the hell? I don't even, you know, so yeah, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta hold it. You gotta hold the, the, the truck responsible. You gotta hold the, you gotta hold the motor teams responsible. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I think the, the, the biggest issue that anybody fans and, and probably the UCI have with, with the whole thing is when there is an incident, mm -hmm. but um, the way that you make it sound, everything seems to be moving the right way. I think uh, so. Hopefully, hopefully quicker rather than slower. But Greg, thank you so, 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 so much for spending this time with me and answering all my dumb questions and telling us stories and everything else. It's Greg Betante, co-owner of TV Motors International. And uh, not only is he a co-owner, but he's also a camera guy who... God, I admire the crap out of you now that I know that you're facing forward and you have to like twist around to shoot <laughs> behind you. That is absolutely nuts. But Greg, um, maybe we'll um, pick your brain um, and at, a, at a later date about other stuff. Hopefully not because there is any more incidents. Obviously, we don't, we don't want any more of those. But, uh, but thank you for all the hard work that you do because you allow us to, uh, to enjoy cycling even more. Yeah, and if uh, if anybody wants to check out um, our website, it's tvmotosinternational.com, and there's some clips on there and the races we do and some photos and stuff. So, And you can also email us from there if you didn't like what I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, get, get ready. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this, like, mini-sode, special episode. I was going to call it mini-sode, but it's an hour, so it's not mini. It's just like a regular length episode, so... Eh, whatever. Whatever. Uh, we're out of here. Peace. Kule, kule, kule. Kule,